Chats. This is Fireside Chats, talking to the real difference makers in the world. Now, here is your host, John Crump. Hello, everyone. How you doing? This is John Crump. Um, uh, VOA in Amelan. I don't know what my guess is. I oh, hear you. Yeah, this is John Crump from GOA and MLN. Welcome you to another episode of Fireside Chats. I see my guest backstage. I'll bring him on in one second, so just hold on for me. Just wanted to remind everyone that we are sponsored by the wonderful people at Black Swan Tactical. Black Swan Tactical, if we can get all my gear at and use code CRUMPY, or actually use code LIBERTY for 10% off. Actually, I think it's CRUMPY now, but whatever. Um, also, shipping my, I got a Patreon, patreon.com slash John Crump. Everything goes to our mission, and the mission is to help people and defend rights. Right now, we are supporting a, uh, uh, a little girl who happens to be my niece who is suffering from terminal brain cancer. We're doing everything possible to support her. And with that, let me go bring on our guest. Hopefully it works. We didn't have time to test before the show. Uh, he is running for governor of Virginia. His name is Merrill Rutledge. Let's bring him on. What is How are you doing? Not much, man. I've been watching your live streams and I've been following you for a while. Just haven't had a chance to talk to you. But today I want to get I want to get down and find out a little bit about yourself. But before we go any further, I do need to update people on my court case against the current governor of Virginia. We lost. So the gun show is closed down. But, eh, you know, what, what can you do? Right. <laughs> fight the good fight. Uh, he did say I have a pension for suing him. And uh, he has a pension for violating our rights. If he didn't violate our rights, I wouldn't have to sue him so much. So yeah, you, you want to run for you want to be governor, right? Yes, I am. Yes, the I tele- plan on definitely uh, carrying the torch for the Republican Party to win back Virginia. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, like, what's your background? Yes, I was from Irvington, New Jersey for the first 10 years of my life after Democrats destroyed the city and crime spiked out of control. I moved to Virginia in a small town called Chatham, a one stoplight town. Um, I've always been passionate about fighting for people's rights. Um, I graduated from Norfolk State University with a bachelor's in political science. But realistically, it wasn't about the degree. It's actually about the experience on helping people who thought that they didn't even have a voice and also having the guts, um, having the spine and the fortitude to make sure that people was treated right, no matter who they are. So to say who I am directly would be I'm not a typical Republican. I do not go by the normal playbook of Republican strategies that has lost us Virginia for the last 10 years. I bring a different type of animal to this campaign, meaning we have to be savage in order to beat Democrats, especially with the strategy that they are using against us. And I feel like I'm the right person to set things straight and to make sure mega is not just a catchphrase, but it's also added on to Virginia to move us forward for years on years to come. Because right now we need a governor with book and street smarts 
to get us out of this COVID, um, what I call the hoax um, disaster. And right now I'm here giving out people answers to questions that the governor and these other politicians don't want to answer. And it's about time that people had a patriot in office that represents them and been through what they've been through compared to those that's lying in their pockets, becoming millionaires in Richmond while everybody at home goes broke. And I'm here to make sure I set things straight. Uh, question. It seems like the Republican Party in Virginia, which I was a member of um, before, it seems like they're in a little bit of a disarray. Uh, it's like infighting and a bunch of other stuff. That's the reason why I kind of left, because, you know, we weren't working together. We're working against each other, and you cannot do that and win. In fact, if you look at the last election cycle, not the presidential election, but the one before that, when all the seats in, Virgi in the Virginia legislature was up, a lot of the seats didn't have anyone running in it against the Democrats, which I thought was crazy. What is the issue that the Republican Party is having in Virginia? Well, I believe we had the rhino side of the Republican Party, and then we have the door knockers, the boots on the grounds, the grassroots um, that really put in the work. And they're not there for the infighting. They're only there to make sure Republicans win. And that's the problem. We don't have enough people in our party right now making sure Republicans win. Candidates are put out there and making sure that we live up to the goals and, of course, our creed. Right now, as far as the infighting going on, yes, there's plenty of that going on. And the reason is because they have a crisis of leadership in a lot of districts. And it's the situation of the elites where they feel like whoever I want chosen as a candidate, that's who's going to be. Forget everybody else who, um, who wants an opinion in the matter. And as far as I'm concerned, it really doesn't matter about the chairmen and those who are playing that gimmick um in their committees i'm here to win no matter what so i'm not going to make excuses i'm not going to cry about um me not getting this endorsement i want endorsements from the people so the best way for us to start moving forward is for candidates to start being real and get out of this fakeness that continues to resonate all over virginia and people are seeing it where people are not there to represent them they only there for fundraisers and lining their pockets and that's the problem uh, have you filled out a survey for GOA yet? I filled out so many surveys, I can't even remember. But yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. GOA doesn't really ring a bell. I just finished doing a survey for Ballotpedia. But to be honest with you, no. I don't know anything about GOA. When it comes to my attention, I'll deal with it then. All right. Let me tell you a little bit about GOA because I'm the Virginia State Director for GOA. Uh, okay. GOA, uh, you know, you know, NRA is like the largest gun organization in the world or okay. in the country. GOA is the second largest. Uh, so we have a lot of power and the NRA is going through a lot of turmoil right now. Let's <laughs> put it nicely. Uh, and so our membership has been exploding. We're getting a lot of the old uh, NRA members who don't like what the direction the NRA is going at. Uh, where the NRA is a little bit... Um, we squishy on some gun issues like red flag laws and stuff like that. Uh, and they compromise a little bit. Uh, GOA doesn't compromise on gun rights at all. Uh, so, uh, and we have a large presence in Virginia. Um, 
think we have over 600,000 members in the Commonwealth. So uh, it might behoove you, if I can get you a survey, if you would want to fill it out for us. Um, well, you said no. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, you send over that survey. I'll make sure it's filled out. I can tell um, your organization straight up everything that I said that I want to do, I'm going to do. Um, I'm a castle doctrine, stand your ground. I want a state recognized gun. I want to make sure we have a complete review of self defense cases. I feel like we have too many patriots in jail right now for using self-defense, had they had the stand your ground law um, enhanced in a better way, they would not be in prison right now. And I'm trying to make sure we do things right. I wanna make sure we pardon those who violate Governor Northam's gun control laws. I'm gonna make sure that's a guarantee. I'm the insurance plan for 2A, not without a shadow of a doubt. I'm not here to worry about um, the critics or whatever. If I tell you I'm going back you in 2A, I just gave you at least four different options on how I'm going to do it. And also one more thing that your group is going to love. I'm a constitutional carry type uh, candidate. That means I don't care whether you're openly carrying or concealed. You have a right to your gun. That's your business. And that's your means to defend yourself against these animals. And I guarantee you, I'm going to make sure Virginia becomes a state for gun lovers instead of what Governor Northam has made it, where we become victims. Yeah, uh, we're really big on constitutional carry. Uh, we've worked with a lot of states to get constitutional carry passed. Um, I'm going to dig into a little bit of your policies on gun rights, and we're going to some other stuff. I'm pretty sure I know what a lot of these answers were going to be. But, you know, I need to ask anyway. Also, I want to do an interview with you um, um, for like an email interview. I'll email you over some questions for Amalan. Then we'll cut up this video here and put some of the stuff in the in the article as well. Uh, Amalan, we have my average readership is 200,000 people read it. Wow. Um, okay. So, yeah, that, that's, where I, that's where I'm mostly known for my writing. But uh, let me dig into a little bit about your um, stances on guns. We know that you're for constitutional carry. Uh, are you familiar with what the NFA is? NFA? I really don't pay attention to special interest groups. I just tell people no. what I'm going to do. But the NFA, you can't inform me. Yeah, the NFA is the National Firearms Act of 1934. It's what banned, um, what, not banned, but makes you pay a $200 tax if you want to have a rifle less than 16 inches. Uh, it also regulates depressors and uh, short barrel shotguns and, and stuff like that. Like, okay. uh, you can't pit a forward grip on, on a handgun for some reason. It, I don't have understand or why a 14-inch rifle is any more dangerous than a 16-inch rifle. Or 15-and-a-half-inch rifle is more dangerous than a 16-inch rifle. Are you for or against the NFA regulations on like suppressors and also the size of the barrels or rifles that can have? I think you already know the answer to that question. Uh, I, but... I, I, I have to ask. I think <laughs> on the record, man. But on the record, um, to take it serious, um, that's why I said about special interest groups, I'm already on your side. So that's the way I look at it, especially with the Second Amendment. There is no such thing as gun control with me. 
I don't care what gun you have. I don't care what kind of suppressor or anything, meaning you will legally be able to have it. That's your business. You know, how you want to defend your home or yourself, that's your business. I'm not here to be the gun ins uh, gun inspector or the gun taker or the red flag law, you know, type of person. Honestly, I'm against the red flag laws also. Like I said, you have an absolute right to defend yourself with any type of firearm that you choose or decide to have. Realistically, if we can let out the most dangerous criminals during this time period, we need to have the best type of guns to respond if they get out of line, period. So there will be no gun control measure passed. And I'm here to protect those who are prosecuted wrongfully for having firearms. So the worst thing for Democrats right now or those who are for gun control right now, they're looking directly at me. And right now I'm saying, you are not going to get prosecuted in Virginia as your governor for any kind of gun that you want to have. It takes more than that. Unless you recklessly handling it or commit a felony in some kind of way, and I'm going to really be really critical in reviewing those cases too. And like I said, whatever gun you want, that's your gun. I could care how uh, care less how you modify it. So trust me, I will not do any kind of gun control. Okay, I think you just uh, cleared up all my gun all my gun questions right there. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, we like uh, why do you think so, so. Go ahead. Hmm? Like, uh, what well, you I think yeah, because I know that you're very familiar with a lot of groups and yeah. it isn't that I'm not familiar. I just want them to know I'm not trying to get your endorsement and just say anything and everything to get your support. I want you to know where I stand naturally, you know, so where people know I don't have to pay him $20,000 to support my Second Amendment right. No, that's a constitutional guarantee. I'll do it for free. I've been doing it for free. So, like I said, you don't have to pay me to support Second Amendment. That's exactly what I'm all about. Yeah. Girl Life and Guns is thanking you for being uh, clear. He said you can't get more clear than that. And I agree. All right. Why do you think that the Democrats and the legislature and the governor are so high on this on this gun control thing? Is it just because of all the millions that take from Bloomberg? Or do they really think it's going to make us safer? It ain't going to make us safer. We see all across the country the strictest gun laws at the most dangerous cities and states in America. Look at Chicago, look at D.C., and all these different areas that have really tightened their grip on um, guns in general in the Second Amendment. And it hasn't helped out nobody. And I have a different type of messaging. I want everybody to be armed, and I want people to be trained on how to use it. I'm sorry, restraining orders is not going to stop somebody who's trying to kill you. I'd rather somebody come into your house, you are able to defend yourself against that monster and also encouraging those who do have restraining orders or do have uh, actual threats to give them more protection to use their firearm sooner than later, especially when somebody violates court orders. And we know right now is the slippery scope with prosecutors all across this country on how they interpret reasonable, you know, self-defense. 
and I'm here to make sure we have an extra insurance plan. I want people that have the same, um, as far as shootings anyway, the same discretion as police. I think that'll do us a lot better in the long run because we shouldn't have this discrimination as a police officer responds back in a split second decision, decision to save their life. We need to give citizens that same type of um, criteria. So, like I said, I'm a 2A champion. Yeah, it's really funny that they want to defund police, but then they also want to take our guns away. In, in one breath, they say police are dangerous. They, they kill people. You know, they you know they are more of a threat than they are for safety. Then in the next, uh, in, in the next breath, they say no one no one needs a gun besides the police. It's just kind of funny. Hmm. Like well, bipolar or something, or I don't know. Well, like, well, a lot of people talk about that to fund the police and realistically. You lose me as far as anybody in the public on anything in that regards. The reason is because if you get raped or your loved one gets murdered or your daughter gets hurt by somebody, you don't want a social worker showing up and saying how to cope with it. You want justice. You want punishment and consequences. I would say to all of those who are about the funding, the police, realistically, it sounds good to some of y'all until you need the police and you really see that your life is in danger. Realistically, what's the first thing you do? You hit 911. And like I said, if you want to live in a defund the police world, then call up the police and to say, I want to opt out of you coming to my house for anything. And let's see how well that works. I want increased funding for police. I also want funding to go towards mental health because anybody talking about the funding, the police may have some issues that they need to work on and address and have proper treatment for. I hear police tell me all the time. They would rather have more mental health clinics within an hour from their jurisdiction to make sure they are not just sending people to jail, that they actually help them recognize the actual help not tell. And we have to make sure we give police the necessary resources that they need to do their job. And I also plan on sending a police officer in Virginia minimum of $45,000 a year. And those experience at least $50,000 a year. A lot of people don't know there's a lot of detectives who see dead bodies the worst of the worst. And they only getting paid $38,000 a year while a cop in Virginia Beach is getting paid $42,000 entry level. You see what I'm saying? No, police yeah. have to be police at all times, and we need to make sure that we're taking care of our first responders and more. They are going to have a minimal salary starting, whether you're a sheriff, whether you're a police or whatever, a security in the prison, you will get paid $45,000 entry level. And those who are experienced, and not making that, I want them at $50,000 moving forward and increasing that pay. We have so many ways to have revenue to pay for it. And we have to end some uh, uh, some of our fights on the drugs, like marijuana. I'm not talking about heroin and uh, cocaine and all that other stuff. We could use marijuana revenue to increase our police officers' pay and pay for mental health clinics and also address the homeless problem that's going on all across Virginia. 
we need to start taking care of Virginia first, and we need to push aside all this illegal welfare. Yeah, you know what? I agree with you 100%. I think the whole mental health program needs to be totally revived and restructured. Um, I think the police need more training with mental health. I don't think we should defund them. I think we should fund them more to give them more training uh, to deal with mental health stuff. Uh, the, the, the prison population is exploding. A lot of the people in there would benefit more from mental health than actually being locked up. Um, also, I, I like what you said about the marijuana. I'm like, I have no intention of ever doing marijuana, but I don't believe that I should have the right to tell someone else they can't do it. And plus, the, the revenue would totally uh, change Virginia. And if they make marijuana legal, like, like let's say nationwide, it would basically put the Mexican drug cartels out of business. People are going to do oh. it. I mean, prohibition doesn't work. Uh, and I, I don't think people realize that, whether it's prohibition on guns or prohibition on marijuana, it doesn't work. <laughs> you know, the whole alcohol thing uh, proved that. You know, and plus. No. It, 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 it. Go ahead. Yeah. And I can also say this. Um, you were mentioning, even with guns and pot, I know there's a question that sometimes asked, well, it is asked. I don't care if you smoke marijuana and have a firearm. I'm like, that doesn't even make sense to stop your right to carry a firearm, but you're able to drive with marijuana. You see what I'm saying? No, we're going to get some of these apple to oranges, dinosaur policies gone. And we need a governor that's bold enough to say, this is what I'm going to do. If you ain't going to change the law, law i'm going to make sure the pardon is absolutely available under those conditions and realistically i want those gun owners or those who are felons that's to say the least as far as non-violent and also a case-by-case basis on violent offenders that have administrative process to get restored their firearm rights and also not having a judicial process where it just decides, well, I could give it to you or no. No, we need to make sure the conditions to have your gun back is met and administratively say, hey, I met the conditions. Here's your firearm. Because right now I'm not playing no games with criminals and especially what the governor is doing right now. I'm making sure citizens are being deputized one way or the other. And we're going to make sure we have a fight back attitude here in Virginia that you don't prey on Virginia families. Period. Yeah. We have some questions, but I do want to do a follow-up question to uh, what what you were saying um, about uh, restoring felons' uh, rights, firearm rights. Um, I believe that they should definitely get their firearms rights restored. You know, if you're if you're if, I mean, if if you're not dangerous to the point where they have to lock you up, well, you know, you know, you're not dangerous enough for them to take away your guns. But do you think that there should be like an automatic time period where, after a certain time, if you stay clean and you don't commit any other crimes, that you automatically get your gun rights back? Absolutely. That's what I agree with. I don't believe in people paying extra money to go back to court and they don't know how it's going to go. That's why I believe in my second chance program where there's 
expungement done administratively. We gotta free up the courts at this time period and start looking at things at a case by case basis. But no, if you're a nonviolent offender, you should be able to get your gun rights back after a year. You know, at the most. And honestly, if you if this son's so petty at the time period, you shouldn't even have your firearm taken. So we have to review these laws. It's like somebody saying, hey, I pushed somebody, but I lost my gun rights for the rest of my lifetime because it was considered a domestic violence situation. But that same person hasn't struck nobody in the last 10 years. Does that make sense to keep a firearm away from that person? Absolutely not. And honestly, we got to get rid of charging people for every single thing that they go to court for. That's why I said administratively. We need to make sure, one, we have an automatic right of expungement time for felons as well as those with misdemeanors so they could get their life back instead of having to check mark hey i've been arrested all my life no we need to make sure we have meaningful change not just something that's temporary and like i said yes i plan on making sure we do a straight overhaul of what they did against the 2a here in virginia and like i said if we can't get the laws passed you got a guaranteed governor saying let me handle that problem and pardon you. And nobody yeah. else is talking that way. No other politicians give me all that guarantee. I am because I'm not a politician. I'm a patriot. Yeah. Um, I know a guy who committed a crime when he was 18 and he admits that he commits a crime, committed a crime and it was a felony and he lost his uh, gun rights when he was 18. He's now in his 50s and he still doesn't have his gun rights back, which is crazy. And he hasn't committed any crime since he was 18. Yeah. <laughs> having a gun is not going to make anybody less safe by him having a gun, you know? Well, I'm going to say like this to kind of make it across the board level. At the most, five years for them, even the worst of the worst case scenarios, especially as a person has been out of trouble, working a regular life, uh, working a regular job starting off family and all this other stuff i'm like at the max at that point give them back their firearm that it shows likely that they are not going to commit another offense they on the right track but we just gotta get the judges and the courts out of this whole process where we can so people just go back to regular life without tying the courts up with foolishness like you just said that's foolish you know, since 18, the person 50 now, he should have been had his firearm back by the time he was at least 21 to 25. I'm like, especially if you haven't done anything since that time period. And more than likely, if we are going to get in trouble with the law, it's going to happen when you're younger, not when you're older like that. So he will automatically have his gun rights back with me. Yeah. Um, check this out. Uh, drunken Yoda. Um, he, he says it's been 15 years. Uh, he's been fighting for 15 years to legally carry, um, because he became a felon 15 years ago because he had 2.5 grams of uh, of weed in 2001. That's freaking insane! Absolutely. Absolutely. He should already have a gun anytime for he wants. Pot and guns. That's why I want all marijuana convictions expunged. 
I don't care how much marijuana that person uh, had at that time period or, or whatever. No, it needs to be a clean sweep across the board, a reduction in time for anybody with a marijuana offense where it was used as part of the sentencing and the time frame added on. We need to make sure we start getting Virginia working again, not locking people up all over the place for petty stuff. So like I said, marijuana and guns, honestly, that's just a natural right. I'm not going to stop anybody um, from having a firearm that even uses marijuana. And I'm going to make sure I try to get people like him their life right back. Like I said, automatic expungement and time to move on with life. And that's the best way we get Virginia running and working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is definitely true. What a lot of people don't realize is if you get convicted of like a drug offense in Virginia, they consider it a violent crime, if, even if there's no violence. Yep. <laughs> I think is insane. Yeah, because we got to get out of this thing of thinking we could save everybody. You know, a drug addict or whatever it may be, I'm like, we just got to get to the point of just saying, you make your own choices with your life. If you so happen to overdose or whatever it may be, that's on you. The only thing we can do is give out the option. And looking at the situation, we are tying up a lot of resources, paying for drug testing and all this other crap, where that money could go somewhere else to help out in other areas that are more important, like education or, of course, giving it to police and increasing their funding for that as well. But we got to get out of the drug business, to be honest with you, and start saying, hey, if you go this direction, that's on you. We ain't wasting no more money on you. I'd rather if we do spend money, we spend it on treatment, not on incarceration. Because we spend $60,000 a year to keep an inmate locked up. But rehabilitation for drug treatment is about five to $10,000. You see what I'm saying? That's yeah. where we should be at. Right now, we just got to get rid of thinking we could save everybody. And we need to start actually having consequences for your decisions based off of naturally how God would want it to be done. Some things we got to put in God's hands. We don't need to use the system to do so. A lot of people are addicts and they don't hurt nobody. It's just their personal choice. They do it at home. Don't bother nobody. I'm like, that's on you. It ain't going to be me. But we got to start start using our resources to start locking up rapists, murderers, and pedophiles, to be honest with you. Yeah, Doing, I mean, drug stuff is ridiculous. It would save a lot of money because uh, we wouldn't need, because most, uh, like over 50% of the people in prison are there for drug charges. In Sweden, for example, they stopped sending people to jail for drugs in the Pentamental Treatment Program, and uh, they've saved tons of money and they've had a lot less repeat offenses. Um, Rand Paul had, had an interesting quote. One time a reporter asked him about it because he believes marijuana should be legal. And they asked him, well, what, what, are you, well, what do you think about um, all the, all the uh, new people doing marijuana if you make it legal? Uh, and his response was, let's say we make heroin legal tomorrow. Are you going to go do heroin? And, and, the, and the lady was like, no. And he was like, Exactly. Like we got to get out of this thing. We're thinking that it's some type of like Lord of the Rings type thing where, you know, you make it legal and people are going to like, you know, turn evil and start doing it. Like, you know, people have like never wanted to do it before. Just like, ah, it's legal. So let me go do it. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. Uh, I'm going to get some fun of the questions here. Uh, one of the questions is um, 
G-Webs, GunWeb folks, if he really likes your positions, how do you think Republicans will work with these ideas? Will there be a fight uh, leading the way for a new platform like this? Well, the Republican Party better start getting on my train. That's the way I look at it. Because realistically, this is a popular issue, you know, and Republicans that's against marijuana, honestly, that's probably why we are losing. Like talking about it, we have became, we can't do no wrong or we gotta be the judgment party. And we are really not that. We are about lifting people up. And that's where you have that side of the Republican party that screws it up. And that's why we've lost 10 years and 33 seats because we are not catering to modern times. Right now, I'm sorry, the old way is not working and not causing us to have new voters. That put us in this situation. My messaging is a little bit different and more realistic to those at the dinner table, which we need right now in order to take back Virginia. And what they want is the government out their business. They want to be able to raise their family without police showing up because they gave a kid a spanking. And you know, we grew up on that. You know what I'm saying? And we used to thank our parents when we got older for being strict on us and making sure we didn't make the dumb decisions that we do. But at the same time frame, the Republican Party, if I'm sorry, if you've been losing for 10 years and still losing, we lost three strongholds, Chesterfield, Lynchburg, Chesapeake was all Republican strongholds up until 2020. What more can we say? You want to be on the losing side? Or you want to be on the winning side. And right now, I'm here to be on the winning side. People need to see the Republican Party in a new light. And that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm sticking to our values. But I'm also putting ideas and suggestions and policies out there that resonates like with yourself. You said you're a gun owner. You support 2A. You're seeing a politician say a lot more that's substantive to protecting your rights compared to saying, I support your rights. You know what I mean? People say, I it comes down to being a patriot and doing patriot shit, then that's when you really see what that politician is made of. And most of the time frame, you see exactly they bow down and they don't do what they say. I'm here to do exactly what I say because I don't have nobody paying me off. So guaranteed, I'm going to do exactly what I've said I'm going to do. And that's what Republicans, Democrats, and independents that are undecided the most want to see and know. We know that. Yeah. Uh, guns and barbecue. The last thing under August, and we'll move on. But guns and barbecue pointed out something that um, I was going to bring up, but he brought up first. I'm going to give him the credit. Uh, Portugal made like everything legal. Um, <laughs> and the money they saved from incarcerating people and stuff like that, um, they put into like education campaigns, drug rehab campaigns, and uh, drug use have dropped by 70% in yeah. Portugal. Which is one of the reasons why I support stuff like that. Not not that I'm like pro drugs, but you know, you gotta look at what actually works. And what yeah. we're doing right now doesn't don't doesn't work. So we gotta yeah. change up to something that works. Um, okay, so Virginia has what used to be red. When I grew up, I grew up in Virginia. I was uh born in Arlington, Virginia and uh, lived all my life in northern Virginia and it used to be a red it used to be red, like deep red. Um, reliable red mm -hmm. and a lot of people moved in 70% of the people in Northern Virginia are from the north um, and they came from like areas like uh, 
New York, New York, tons of people from New York or Pittsburgh, some cities. Um, so Virginia just turned blue. Some people say that Virginia is a strong blue state. And if you looked at the election night, they called Virginia before any other state, like right away, right at seven o'clock, they called Virginia for, uh, for Biden because it's so reliable blue now. Um, and they say Republicans can't win the governorship in Virginia. How do you respond to that? Well, Republicans could win. We just got to stop being complacent and think that we can sit around on our butts and not try to resonate with new voters. You know, right now we could attack all we want about illegals and all this other stuff. But there's other issues we can talk about that really works with people. Um, like, for instance, with me, with businesses, especially whether they're Democrat or Republican, you tell them, hey, I'm going to do a 15 percent cut on business taxes. I don't care if you're Republican, Democrat or independent. You like your pockets, don't you? And you like making sure you can hire and take care of people's families that work for you. We have so many different ways. Like, for instance, I want to end credit checks for employment because I said it has nothing to do with your job skill or set outside a criminal background check. Of course, that's perfectly fine. But a credit check for employment for somebody to go to work and pay the bills and pay off their debts and they got the skills that should not be part of the criteria, whether it's in private business or in the public sector. So we have so many ways, even with the marijuana legalization and the second chance program that I'm proposing. Even with my criminal justice reform program, where I want open file discovery for both the defendants as well as the Commonwealth to have access to the same evidence. There's so many different ways we can resonate with voters. We just got to make sure we're making it happen and have somebody strong enough to stand tall and make sure they get the job done. And that's what people want. Right now, they don't care what politicians look like. They see them every day in their suits and smiling and saying, I hear you, I support you, uh, think about that. That's all catchphrases to say that you're not going to do anything. Me, on the other hand, I'm telling people, this is what I'm going to do for you and your family, regardless of being a Republican, Democrat, or independent. This is what I'm going to do. And that's how we went back Northern Virginia and other parts of Virginia by being truthful and real with people to say, we keep going this direction. Socialism is going to keep occurring the way it is and it ain't going to be nothing to stop it. we got to tell people we stand in their way of taking away your constitutional rights and freedoms. And that's exactly the type of message we got to start giving out to voters. We need for our policies that make sense to voters at their dinner table. And right now, with everybody losing their savings and their resources right now because of COVID, they need these type of answers to say, how are you going to bring Virginia back? And I already got a direct answer, and it's called Fight Back. Yeah, uh, Guns and Barbecue says he's going to, he's ready to move to Virginia to campaign for you. I think Swan Talk's going to be right behind him. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Gorilla, Gorilla and Guns, he's actually from uh, the Richmond area. Uh, okay, and cool. uh, he's, he, he thinks people should stop listening and believing uh, and giving into the media, which I totally agree with. Well, we let the media dog us out, you know, from radio to newspapers. 
the Democrats is a machine. They knew exactly how to attack us. And by the time frame we was even trying to even put a dent in their lead, they already had control every single airway that most people at home listen to. Whether you listen to rap, R&B, Latin, whatever, the radio waves was full of hate Republicans, hate Trump, hate this. And they wasn't talking about what they was going to do. What do we always hear from Democrats? We're going to lower drug prices and we're going to give you better health care and better schools. And you know good and well, we haven't seen better in anything that came from Democrats. All of this is about getting our votes and getting millionaires into Richmond. Right now, I want people to know we are going to have representatives fighting for you that's not looking to line their pockets, and they need to be exposed if they are on their agenda, regardless of what political party that they are on. I'm a proud Republican, a proud conservative, and a man of God. But at the same time, Frank, I can tell you, if they keep throwing up Richmond and I'm up there, I'm going to give out the wrath of hell on all them politicians because I'm going to tell them I got the people's back. And that's exactly what people need to see. Not a Republican governor, not a Democratic governor, or independent, a governor that represents the people and is proud to represent the true ideals of the Republican Party. And that's what we got to do. We don't need to run from it. We just need to make it make sense in layman terms on how it applies. So that's what I'm doing. I'm just changing up the way we put the message out. And that's what people need to see as well as Republicans. We can't stick to the same old playbook and expect different results. And I am kind of like a mean coach. You know, you hate the coach until you start winning. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. I want them to be angry at the fact we are losing. And then that's when we start seeing us winning. And they follow my strategy, which I already put on live on how to win back Virginia. That's how we're going to win back seats. We got to say there's no such thing as a Democratic stronghold. This is going to become a Republican wave, no matter where it's at in Virginia. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think the amount of apathy uh, is the reason why we took a beating and not the, the, the last election because actually made progress in the last election, but the election where all the legislatures were elected, I think we took a beating because of the apathy of gun voters. Um, and I hope it woke them up. Not only gun voters, but like conservatives, libertarians, everyone, because the Democrats just pounded into your head. There's no way you can win. There's no way you can win. And then Bloomberg came in with his millions and the TV ads were just, you know, everywhere you would see like, five Democrats TV ads for like every one Republican TV ad and people just got disheartened and I don't think that should dishearten you. That should motivate you to get out there and say, okay, well they're going to use their money to do this. I'm going to use my grassroots efforts to beat their money and it's and it's doable in Texas they did it when Bloomberg dumped all the money in there. They 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 well, a lot of people in Texas looked at Virginia, what happened to Virginia, and uh, Bloomberg took a beating in, te in, in Texas because they were like, don't Virginia, Texas, which I thought was kind of funny, but it worked and it motivated the grassroots. So hopefully we'll re-Virginia, Virginia here to the real Virginia in the next election um, and take back the legislature. It's going to be a lot of work, though. 
Are you prepared depending on the amount of work that it's going to take? Because it's going to take a lot of work, a lot of outreach. I've been prepared since the beginning. I'm the only type of candidate that have been on all sides of the situation for ordinary people, whether they've been broke, rich, or they're just middle class. The fact of the matter is this is going to be a long road. This is going to be a fight. Democrats ain't going to take it easy on us, nor will I take it easy on any candidate that stands in my way. The reason is this is like being hazed. Once it becomes a general election, you can't decide to be scared at that time period because you're happy with the nomination. No, you got to be prepared for the general election, and it's going to be brutal. Them Democrats say whatever they can to destroy your character, to make you hot and bothered, whatever it may be. They are animals and savages when it comes down to being an attack party. The DNC is nothing more than pit bulls right now that keeps biting at us, and we just keep taking it. It's time for us to get the guns out and put that pit bull to sleep. That's how I look at it. And like I said, it doesn't matter what part of Virginia I had to be on. I resonate with any type of person. I know how to do this job well. And I plan on making sure inch by inch, mile by mile, Virginia becomes red again. And that call, that's called don't quit. And we got too many quitters right now. And honestly, I think we saw some quitters during that time frame of when Virginia first got cold. And I think you know what I'm talking about because people conceded. I was so ashamed that people worked so hard for these politicians and they're going to concede at the 1% that it was called at, realistically, they already, they was already prepared for a loss. Dang, how we win. You know, we win by playing to win. And it was just shameful. And realistically, they don't have to worry about that with me. I would die to win this election because I know my country is more important than these Democrats' feelings. You're giving me goosebumps, by the way. <laughs> the way you're talking. Well, I get my speech. But it's real. It's from the heart and from the soul. I, well, I can tell. That's that's why you know it's not like uh, sound bites. Or, or, or I, I've talked to other candidates. I thought I've talked to a lot of candidates uh, over over my time uh, for governors of different states, senators. I've done a lot of, uh, I'm the main interview guy at Amoland for politicians. So I've talked to probably like over a hundred different politicians. And I would say that the good majority of them are not real. Um, and you can tell, I can tell that you're real. So I think that's pretty cool. I've been through too much. You know, the DNC been attacking me since I was 16 years old. Once they found out. I was a leader and had a strong voice and I just didn't take no shit from nobody, you know, and I've been that way. And I've been fighting for people against these very monsters, these good old boys, whatever it may be. And they don't care nothing about nobody. They just care about getting away with corruption and more. And realistically, I've been one of the few that's willing to stand up and fight against them, even in their own backyard. And I'm proud of it. It made me tougher. It makes anybody tougher when you're in a fight. These politicians don't have what it takes anymore, and that's the problem. They don't see that fighter. They just get told what to do, and they fall in line. Like I said, 
the Republican Party is not going to be bullied anymore. And that's what's been happening. Even with the riots, the mob, everybody's been legislating by fear. It's time for us to stand up to the mob and stop making knee-jerk reactions and start letting people know we care about your future. We care about your kids' future, but we are not going to tolerate or condone them destroying others. And that's exactly the example I'm going to take and make is making sure that Virginia has the necessary solid leadership that's been lost for far too long. And exactly, they need to see light at the end of this darkness from the DNC. Yeah. Um, because they've been brainwashed. Yeah. Kermit Loves Bacon wants to know if if you can win in the big cities. Please, please yes, absolutely. I live in the big cities. I'm a, I may be a country boy, but I got country and city in me. When uh, somebody's in trouble and they don't have nowhere else to go to, they picking up the phone to call me. And I'm not a politician. I'm not an elected official, but they know I'm good at getting results and making sure justice is served. And realistically, I'm a fighter. Like I believe in the death penalty for pedophiles. I fought them. I locked up murderers. I locked up rapists. I'm like, I'm vicious. And that's the way it is. And people need to see that. They need to know when you have their back, they feel comfortable and safe with you because they know you've been through the storms. And honestly, God has protected me throughout this all. That's why I'm in this race, because God gave me that call and said, we need a different type of Republican. We need a different type of person in office that has been through what I've been through. I'm a testimony. Trust me. If you look at my background, you can see everybody attack me. And guess who's still standing with the victory? And I give God all the praise and more people need to start doing that. The reason why you are able to live and breathe and still have life, start putting it in God's hand and stop wearing about the naysayers. And exactly that's the reason why I fight so hard, because God told me, don't quit, because some people are meant for this and some people aren't. Yeah, I mean, the, that that is definitely true. It seems like faith is a big part of your life um is it i know you talked about god a little bit yeah i'm not uh, a perfect christian <laughs> i know i can tell people right? like this yeah but i can tell people like this when i tell people i'm not a perfect christian that resonates with people because they feel like they gotta be somebody important in order to speak to you or they have to have some kind of you know accolades or whatever i treat everybody the same i'll walk up to a janitor ask how his day is and help him out the floor because i know i've been in those shoes you know i don't want to forget where i came from no matter how big my name starts to become i'm still that same person i've been that same person all my life and that's how people know he's going to be that same person being the governor of virginia he understands what we are going through right now you can't even see a politician do on the town hall because you know why they're working right now they losing their homes they losing their cars and nobody's answering their emails or phone calls that's cowards i'm the one who has to do that i'm the one who putting these things out there and people are recognizing that because they're like nobody else is talking for us and you're not even an elected official and you're fighting for us and that's what i've been doing all my life so it's meant for me to become governor of Virginia because they need to see somebody who's there for them. All right. Let's That's jump all. into your 
let's jump into your COVID policy. Um, what is your COVID policy? I know the governor's shutting down. I would have never stuff. shut down Virginia for this. I, I don't care how scared Governor Northam is. Realistically, th this whole hoax, if more people died last year at this time without COVID than they did this year, honestly, it's all about political stardom. Honestly, they just trying to get capital off of saying they are heroes during the time period when COVID was around. So this whole little third wave, no. This whole thing is about they started pumping it all over TV so everybody started panicking and going out of control and, you know, running to get toilet paper. It's making people mentally, you know, it's deteriorating people mentally, honestly. They don't know what to believe. And I believe the facts here. I believe that, one, COVID is not as bad as what people make it out to be. That would just be like us shutting down over cancer or shutting down over any other disease right now. No, people need to get back to work and wake up. We are not meant to live forever. It doesn't mean I don't care. But the fact is, what freedom or life do you have being in your own prison of the governor's making? And no, I would not shut down Virginia. I would tell everybody we're going to live through this, you know, responsibly. You can volunteer to have your mask on or not, you know, but we are moving on with like, we can't afford this and we got to start looking at different avenues to start making sure Virginia comes back. And right now we can't afford to be shut down. And I really feel for people on businesses right now that was on life support and now they got the plug pulled from them. Yeah, I just don't think a lot of business and that's why come back. I think a lot of businesses are gone forever because of COVID, yeah. because of the government, the governor's orders, because of COVID. I guess the governor's orders is what killed the business, not the actual disease. You know, it was a, it was, uh, it, yep. it, was uh, it was something yeah. people trying to blame president from over it okay yeah okay you're a republican uh primary and candidate it completely yeah i, I want to get into oh uh, no i was listening to you because it was breaking up a little oh. bit but i think we got back on track okay yeah uh what what makes you different from your republican uh your republican uh challenger in the primary amanda chase Okay, I could easily answer that one. One, I do not campaign with pedophiles like Ted Nugent. I'm like, I didn't even know about that until actually some people started coming to me about the situation. And I'm a big advocate for children and sex assault victims. And I will not betray their trust like that. And also, I don't need to lie on the police and then find it convenient to be on their side. I don't make rap videos with Marxists like she has. I do not who, make up reason. Huh? Uh, um, but, who did she make a rap video? I didn't know she made a rap video. Well, it wasn't a rap video. What I'm trying to say is basically she made a video with BLM and Marxists calling them peaceful protesters. Oh, okay, okay. You know, I got you. After all the rioting. <laughs> I'm like, you know, that lets me know you're going to bow down to the mob. And she did while on and the people for the United States flag over there at the state capitol. 
I'm sorry, I will not be supporting any kind of terrorist that, you know, marks up churches and places that have nothing to do with their grievance and just want pure havoc and don't have a plan or platform of what they want. And realistically, it's this Marxist agenda. Honestly, I'm not going to tolerate any rioters. I believe in peaceful protests, but once it turns into criminal behavior, I'm not taking up for you. I don't make excuses for the governor of Virginia for making North Carolina beach trips. You know that he only released information uh, up to March 15 about his plane trips to North Carolina, but he used executive privilege to keep the records from never making it to the public's eye. That means we know he was going to North Carolina after his shutdown order. And realistically, Amanda Chase has been nothing but a train wreck that is on both sides of the things. One day she's wearing masks and worried about COVID and uh, next day she's no masks and then saying we open up Virginia. I'm like, you was making the same knee jerk reactions our governor was. And then all of a sudden when people started giving you heat for it, then all of a sudden you want to switch over to the other side. It's the same thing with BLM and Marxists. She was calling them peaceful protesters. And then the next day when she ain't around them, now she like domestic terrorists and all this other stuff. I tell people anything I can say online, I can say to their face or anybody. Um, yeah, I believe you. I'm not break about flip hmm? you, You're breaking up a little bit there, but yeah, I believe that you would say. <laughs> say it um, yes, I'm a real person, and I think that's why people gravitate towards me. They may be angry about it, but they'll say. At least you was real to tell me, and you're not going behind my back and being something that you're not, you know. And I, I have tried to reach out to BLM to speak to them, and I told them, any time frame I speak to y'all, if I do, it's going to be live stream. Yeah. Um, it, it it's going to be. be this in the dark conversation of sessions. Because I want people to know how I talk to people that do stuff. People have to get used to the fact that real leaders have to make real decisions and real calls on the outlook of themselves. And Amanda Chase, to me personally, the pedophile fundraiser was the last straw that broke the camel's back. And in, and what I said is these groups have actually allowed Amanda Chase to speak. And they supposedly against sex trafficking. And no, uh-uh. I even told those briefs, I'm sorry. I can't deal with y'all in that way if y'all support this type of thing. I'm sorry. Nobody should prey on children and then profit from it. I'm sorry. And then be the spokesperson for that. No. I want the death penalty for pedophiles. And pretty much that tells you where I stand. When I back somebody, and I tell the police the same thing. I back the blue, but if you're wrong, I'm going to call it as you being wrong. But I'm not going to allow y'all to get trashed and destroyed the way it's been for no reason. And that's exactly what I've been doing. I've been making sure people know I have my own mind. I make my own decisions and look at things the way it needs to be looked at. And that's me. I'm not going to have somebody's back and then throw them underneath the rug. She did that for 2A as well. You know, she didn't tell people she got $20,000 for supporting 2A and she has no record of supporting 2A prior to that. It just seems like anybody who pays these politicians to support the issue, all of a sudden, they decide to be the spokesperson. I'm like, I'm real before and after. You don't need to pay me to be real.
that 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 is uh, that is awesome. That is definitely awesome. Do you see anyone um, else uh, coming into the race besides you and her? Well, I like Kurt Santini. He's in the race. Um, I do like him. I said he has stuck to his guns. He won a few um, that went to the Lee statue when they was destroying it and actually talked to BLM and Marxists. We actually had this speech online where we stood at the statue and we didn't say, oh, we kissing y'all ass. No, we just said, no, y'all need to stop what you're doing face to face. We didn't have security. We didn't have firearms like talking about it. We did it because it was the right thing to do. And like I said, I have a huge amount of respect for them. But as far as all the other candidates and stuff like that, to me, I consider them all pieces of trash. And the reason is because all you politicians have been there while Virginia got destroyed, while rights got taken and all that other stuff. And now all of a sudden, y'all want to pay attention because now we are paying attention. And that's the good thing about President Trump's presidency. Whether you like him or not, he makes you pay attention from all walks of life on how your government is ran. And a lot of people don't like what they're seeing now, but it's been like that. And I know it's hard when you see it and you have to rely on it. And that's what I'm saying. Right now, we've got too many career politicians that need term limits. They don't understand what people are going through. They don't understand what even gun rights owners are going through. They're just doing it because it's popular. I'm doing it not to be a, a popular or a celebrity, I'm doing it because it's the right thing to do. Maybe people need to focus more on people instead of money. And it seems like people are more motivated as long as they're getting paid for it. And that's the problem. I want people who love their job. I'm pretty sure you're the same way, just like me. Remember working a job somewhere and you just love the job. Whether you was getting paid or volunteering, you will forget about the time and the hours put in because you love what you do. And that's the problem right now. We don't have politicians or people in office that love what they do. And that's why we are in this mess right now. So what now do you think about hate? Now we're paying for hate. What do you think about Kirk Cox? Kirk Cox is a 30-year politician who needs to be gone. He's one of the prime examples of why term limits is necessary. That's like President Trump talking to Joe Biden. You've been in office for 47 years. I've done more in three years than you've done in 47 years. Well, I would tell Kirk Cox, I have done more at 18 years old for people in Virginia than he has done at his current age being a politician. So honestly, I resonate more to President Trump because he tells it like it is, just like I am. I tell it like it is. I really don't care how people feel about it as long as I put the truth out there. And realistically, they are doing it just for celebrity status. This is just a, a thing on their resume, a thing to be a title. And I'm like, y'all can run for a nomination. That's what y'all running for. I'm running for the general election, and I won't run independent if I don't win. And we've seen all these articles out there from these candidates talking about if I don't win through the primary, I'm going to run as an independent. I'm like, how many different gimmicks can you get? You can't say you're a Republican or a conservative and you keep saying, I'm going to run independent. That's rhino talk. You know that like I know it. They don't understand anything about standing for something. And that's what we need to change in Virginia. We need to start standing up for Virginia people. Yeah, right now uh, it's Amanda Chase, Kirk Cox, uh, Kurt Santini, who you said, who you like.
which is which is cool that you said I that don't you like didn't none of them. I can tell you this one. I don't like none of them. You know, but you don't like you respect them a little bit for a fan, I should say. Yeah. Well, my thing is they had the opportunity and we lost 10 years. The state is full blue. They are all part of the problem. That's the reason why we are in this situation. When Nick Friedis, I love him, honestly. I never had a conversation with Nick Friedis, but I respect him. I love his speeches. He's a man's man. I can tell you that. He wouldn't have lost Virginia if he didn't align himself with them politicians. The same with Daniel Gate. They aligned themselves with Amanda Chase and Kirk Cox because they thought it was going to help them. They got stuck running in a primary when they are supposed to be running in a general election. They didn't really cross over until October of this year, and the elections is in November. They lost because of that, because they had other candidates from 2021 all in the newspaper being toxic to the general field, meaning the election base. And that's what ended up happening. They couldn't run away from it. And with me, on the other hand, I just call it the way it is. I said, I don't want none of them around me because at this point y'all have showed y'all will destroy the Republican party to get whatever you want as an individual. It's a lot of personal interest that's more concerned about being a party celebrity than making sure we win elections and govern. And that's the problem. That's why I don't like none of them. Yeah. Um, I've, I've had the, I have them both on my show before. Um, so yeah. Um, I try to have all the candidates on my show from like different Virginia, especially in Virginia, for like Senate races and everything else, uh, whatever. But yeah, uh, we've we've been on for a little bit over an hour. The show usually goes for an hour. I'm gonna do my plugs, then I'm going to let you have the final word. And you can tell people how they can support you. But first, let me just say you can always go to my Patreon, Patreon.com/slash John Crump. We do awesome projects with the money that we do raise through Super Chats, Patreons, and also through BlackSwanTactical.com. Right now, all money goes to my niece who has a brain cancer, and she's doing a lot of traveling for her treatment. It's, uh, it's a terminal illness, so we're just trying to make our life a little bit easier. Um, you can also join GOA for 25% off at GunOwners.org slash black swan media and visit crumpy.com for all my social media links and everything else that is going on um tomorrow i have swamp dog armory on and i'm going to give the final word to my uh my new friend and also uh someone that i think will do very good for virginia uh meryl right let you go ahead tell people how they can help you I think you I think you impressed a lot of people and I think you said a lot of what people are thinking out there. So yeah. Well, I'm a blue jeans and boots type of governor. You know, I'm rough around the edges, but I always speak from the heart and the soul. And I'm not going to give out an answer that I don't stand on and I won't put my full effort into making sure action happens. I'm so sorry to so many Republicans out there for the last decade, fellow patriots, the militias, 2A, and all of those who expected the Republican Party to make sure they continue protecting your rights, but continue to win elections so they could be in control of making sure 
your rights is not taken away at oh, this time period. Well, I have to interrupt you there for one second. You're talking about militias. I had another Virginia politician on I don't want to talk about. Uh, and I asked that Virginia politician, I was like, oh, I'm going to ask you about what you think about the militia movement since it's a pretty big movement in Virginia right now. And uh, that politician said, oh, I, I can't talk about that. <laughs> I go to militia meetings. I go to Culpeper, um, 2A, Halifax County, 2A. I'm like, I want all militias to be recognized in Virginia. I know uh, some localities have voted against recognition. I'm going to make sure militias is recognized fully here in Virginia. A well-armed one, we're getting rid of that red tape. But I'm here to make sure I'm not just running as a Democratic or Republican or independent governor. I'm running for governor of Virginia, and you heard exactly my policies and positions. That's exactly what everybody in Virginia needs to start hearing. What are you going to do for us? Not just talk around us, talk at us. Only cowards run from you at a time like this. And we have seen them all, even those who are running right now, have ran from these hard questions during a pandemic and a crisis, not just from COVID, but a crisis in protecting our constitutional rights and freedoms. I'm here to make sure that never happens. I'm a guaranteed solid leader that stands his ground. And I want Virginia to start doing it now, not later. You shouldn't wait until I'm elected. You should stand with me now to say, we're gonna start fighting back and we're gonna start getting the job done regardless. Don't put your life in the hands of politicians who don't care about you. I'm gonna go ahead and put my life in the hands of those people that's out there that fighting for our God and our country and our family. And they will always come first in my administration for all and not for a few. And thank you for having me on your show, Mr. Crump. It's been a privilege to answer these questions for you. It's been a privilege. I come from the Silicon Valley uh, era and all the company of work for Silicon Valley and no one uses last names unless it's a Actually, you do. They all call me Crump, but but you know it's not Mr. Crump. So. Okay, well, I wanted to make sure I said it right. Um, yeah, I know uh, me. I like being called Merle, and then other times I'd rather Mr. Rutledge. So I do apologize. I no, no, you, you don't apologize. <laughs> but my thing is, I own my situation. I don't make excuses. And what happens with politicians? They don't own it, and that's why they have no care to protect it or have responsibility or when things go wrong and try to make them right. I want to tell you right now, I know Governor Northam has made everything wrong, but guarantee you have somebody here that's going to start making it right on day one. And if you want an insurance plan in the governor that's going to protect you, you vote Merle Relish. But if you want somebody who's going to duck and dodge and make up every kind of excuse for why they can't get the job done, then you vote for somebody else. And thank you for having me on your show. Uh, oh tell, tell hell me. yeah <laughs> that's <laughs> only one of my favorite slogans uh, all right uh, <laughs> yeah. nice uh tell them how they can volunteer to help you though is there a website yeah, or? yeah we have the website www.rutledgeforvagovernor.com um you can also google that um we want volunteers all over the state um we're looking at making sure we got the signatures that's necessary to get on the ballot 
Um, right now, I'm not worried about fundraising. Too many people are suffering right now and losing everything. Honestly, if you can donate, don't donate what you can't afford. And also at the same time frame, I'm here to fight for you. I could care less about the money. I'm here to fight against these politicians and drain the swamp. So go to my website. We want people emailing. We want people sending out letters. We want people all over the place volunteering and making sure that they know they have a new option, a new Republican attitude and a new way of doing business. This is how we win elections. Right now, we can't afford to lose 2021. And if we do, we are only seeing the test study, the study group of their laws right now. Imagine when they start getting ready to go full new world order on your guns and your way of life. And I stand in their way and I still continue to support our president. Thank you. Uh, thank you. The website is up for everyone to uh, go visit. I know you said don't donate money unless you unless you have extra money to donate. Um, I'm going to say donate money. <laughs> All right. Yes. And thank you for your time. All right. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to go play the outro. Hold on for one second. Okay.